welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over uh, uh, social media because we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram and TikTok, but we got to thank our sponsors uh, because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys with Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, rates, and service, fbhp.com slash atoz. And Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of your Tennessee Titans. Uh, hit them up and get that free case consultation if you've been injured in a car wreck at 800-800-4600. So, Zach, uh, it's funny because two times this week we have had segments that have been viewer-requested. Uh, yesterday's Doc Talk segment was requested by our friend Karen on Facebook who said, hey, can we get a Doc Talk about uh, Traylon Burke's turf toe? And so what did we do? we got a doc talk about Traylon Burks and Turf Toe, and we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show. But Josh on Instagram slid into our DMs and was like, hey, uh, should we uh, have the trap game conversation about the Tennessee Titans going at the Washington Commanders, a, a Titans team winning two in a row versus a Commanders team losing three in a row right ahead of a bye week? So we'll get into that. Uh, but Mike Vrabel did have some comments, Zach, earlier this week about this Commanders team. Uh, that I think leads us into this trap game conversation. So here was Vrabel uh, from earlier this week. I think of their front with four first-round picks. I don't know if Young is playing, but so at least three first-round picks there. What, what do you think? So, of uh, I mean, Nick certainly figured it out a couple years ago with recruiting interior defensive linemen. Uh, they're fantastic. You know, Payne and Allen, sweat, length. Um, you know, I, but I, you know, Payne and Allen, they just. They got a great instincts. They they play great with their hands. Their pad level. Um, they're they're not just two gappers. Uh, they can disrupt. They can change it up. Um, rarely out of position. Uh, rarely on the ground and and very disruptive. It'd be a huge challenge for us. Uh, sorry. Uh, does it help to have kind of what you've seen from Carson Wentz last season facing him? Um, and just the problems that he kind of having this year, um, obviously been sacked 17 times, just taking advantage of that. On right, and, you know, I mean, they have been sacked 17 times. They've also uh, moved the ball down the field very effectively. Um, he's done a, done a great job on third down. Um, you know, so his, his, his play strength in the pocket has, has allowed them to move the football downfield at times. And, you know, they, they mix it up and they'll get it in, you know, McLaurin and Samuel's hands quickly and, and allow those guys to create, but then also, you know, have the ability to, to hold on to it and move the ball down the field. So the Washington Commandskins football team has lost three straight, but they do have some good pieces because they have weapons on the outside, even without Jahan Dotson playing in this game. You've got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and some others on the outside who can beat you with speed. And then, uh, as Mike Vrabel said, uh, having a couple former Alabama players up front uh, with Nick Saban recruiting big, fast defensive linemen. Uh, they do have a front on defense who can get after you and really slow down the run. So, Zach, what was your uh, reaction to hearing Mike Vrabel there? Well, I think he pointed out the two threats that the commanders pose. Yeah. And they have not played good football all in all. They beat the Jags, you know, week one in Washington. But, you know, last week was really bad against the Cowboys. I watched that game. And 
there was glimpses of good play, but overall, you know, if you if you pointed out two things that the commanders do well, which Mike Vrabel did, it's their defensive front because they got first round picks and really talented players on that defensive front. And then it's the outside. Terry McLaurin, you know, he gets lost in the mix in the AJ, DK, and Debo conversation, but he got a big contract too. He's just had terrible quarterbacks throwing to him, and he still got the big contract because of the productivity. And then I think he brings up a key player that had a really good game uh, and, a, and a hell of a catch in the end zone in Jahad Dotson. That's your guy, Austin. When I think of Dodson out of Penn State, that was a guy that you had targeted the Titans to potentially draft in this past year's draft. It didn't shake out that way. He was drafted before you know the Titans drafted Traylon yeah. Burks and all the A.J. Brown stuff. But you got to watch him. But Very he's reliable, he's good route runner, and good hands. But Dodson's out. He's not playing. He had a hamstring injury, and so he's going to miss at least a couple games. So the two guys you have to worry about, you know, Vrabel mentioned Nick Saban and recruiting defensive alignment with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, but you also have the two Ohio State receivers uh, in Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. So you have to really worry about those guys. Not having Dodson is a good thing because that guy's just pure elite uh, speed uh, overall and his ability to track the football down the field as a deep threat is why I like Jahan Dotson so much for the Titans in the draft process because the Titans lack that uh, thing, right? And uh, John says, don't discount Antonio Gibson, the uh, Washington's uh, running back. Um, and so then also Chase Young, not expected to play either. So you've got two young pieces that are talented for Washington. They're out. The Titans have their own injury issues, as we all well know. Uh, and Amani Hooker looked like he's taking a step back in his concussion protocol yesterday after uh, being limited Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy to say this. You know, the Commanders have a decent roster besides their quarterback. And we'll, we'll talk about Carson Wentz here in a second. But That's it's because they have Alabama and Ohio State guys all over the place. And, and Brian Robinson's supposed to be back at running back after getting shot in a, in a car robbery uh, earlier in the season. So, like, I think... Mike Vrabel, what he told us in that video is that he is aware of what they can do, right? And that that's something that the Titans need to recognize going into this game. The Titans are favorites. A lot of people are picking only the Titans, not the Commanders. A lot of people believe that the Commanders are the bottom two to three teams in the in the league. And this is a this is a game that the Titans should win. They absolutely should go to Washington and take care of business. But Austin, just like the NFL is very weird, it's weird because, you know, the Denver Broncos should have taken care of business last night, and that didn't happen. That exactly. game went into overtime, and the Colts ended up winning, which doesn't help the Tennessee Titans to keep the Colts hanging around. Yeah, and Zach, uh, we were in the process at A2ZSports.com of, of literally writing an obituary for the Colts. like, And it was going to be hilarious, and maybe we'll just keep that in our back pocket uh, for when it comes to that, because the Colts, I don't think, are going very far anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, I did see a comment here uh, earlier that uh, tells us and leads us right into our conversation that says it feels like this game is a trap. Christine says it could be a trap game, and that's the conversation that we're here to have. Titans at Commanders, is this a trap game or not a trap game? Is it a trap game 
or not a trap game? It's a pretty easy question there for you guys to answer. Trap game or not a trap? Uh, but first, let me tell everybody about Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers. They're the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. And if you have been injured in a car wreck, you need to call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation at 800-800-4600. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients across the entire state of Tennessee and in Kentucky and will fight the insurance company for you the way they've done it for decades here with their clients. Again, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. That means they care about you, the Tennessee Titans fan, and want to make sure you get all the dollars you deserve for what you've gone through. So if you've been injured in a car wreck, Call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation. That's 800-800-4600-800-800-4600, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. Bet MGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. So the king of sports books. That is Bet MGM. You can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. If you're a new user, download the app today in your Apple or Android store. When you download it, when you sign up, because there's a process of signing up, there's a promo code tab. Click that promo code tab and type in A to Z Sports. All one word, no spaces. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. You can bet to your heart's galore all weekend long. Got a lot of football games, but download the BetMGM app today. Trap game or not a trap game? Again, thanks to Josh who requested uh, this classic of a topic uh, from A to Z Sports. As Zach and I tend to disagree on trap or, or no trap a lot. But Zach, I'll send you to the comment section what are people saying? Will this be a trap game or not a trap game for the Titans at the Commanders? Well, before we do this, let's define trap because... That's fine. Yeah, I like that. I like you to find trap. One thing that we talked about, you have gone on record to say that a divisional game cannot be a trap game. And that is a bold-faced lie because I have numerous times given examples of trap games that are divisional no, trap games uh, again i and so it, that's that's why this conversation is always a classic between us because we have different definitions of trap games i don't think a divisional game can be a trap game because of the importance of every divisional game that doesn't mean that if you lose the game it's because you got trapped it's because you lost a game against a divisional opponent that are typically close hard to win football games that every coach and player around the NFL will tell you. So trap is defined by lesser opponent. I you don't understand. have a trap game when you have an opponent that is equal or greater to your skill set. A lesser opponent can be the Texans who suck. It can be the Jags who notoriously have been bad. And we've seen trap games in that sense. Now the commanders and the reason why we bring this up is the commanders, they fit this description initially based on them being a bad football team. That's why we are talking about this in general. Right. So the buy brings a caveat, but let's get to the let's get to the chat. Darren starts off with a lot of exclamation points after saying the Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> and so Darren believes that it is a trap. Uh 100% trap game from Steven uh, Jay says this is a crap game, which is also funny. Uh, Maserati Mac, who we love, we love that Facebook name. Uh, trap game right there. Not a trap. Lost to the Giants already from Jason, but the Giants are three and one. You got to remember, Jason, this ain't, this ain't uh, the, you know, the last yeah. couple of year Giants. Yeah. Good. Congrats for your wins over the Panthers. And uh, I forget who else they played. Maybe the commanders. <laughs> I forget who else the Giants beat. Uh, well, Jonathan says it's a trap. Uh, 
Only Memphis says no, no trap from Matthew, no trap from Xavier. It's a trap from uh, Jarrett. It's a trap from Steven. Trap game from Andrew. It's a trap from Ronald. Uh-oh. We uh, Rooney says not. So we're going back and forth. Jake says it's not a trap game when you've struggled to make it to two and two. How about that? So I think we, we stop on Jake's comment real quick because I do think that Jake has a point. The two and two factors into what this is. Now, the Titans are better than the Commanders on paper. We'll find out on the field at Sunday at high noon. But because of the record, I do think that that's intriguing because to get to two and two, you've got to do something. You've got to lose two games and win two games. But then you're at two and two. A loss then puts you at two and three below 500 heading into the bye. Yep. The bye makes this the most interesting point. Because here's how I define a trap. Okay. A trap is you overlooking a lesser opponent for something else. Now, what does something else represent? Usually it represents a bigger game, a bigger opponent, a more meaningful game. In this case, I would probably define this as a trap game later in the season on on the other side of a bye because you needed to get healthy. But the fact of the matter is, is this is week five. So in my opinion, this is not a trap. Ooh. This is not a trap. Ooh. Because the bye does not represent what a... In week six, which is their bye, that does not represent the same meaning of a bye in week 12 or week 11 or week 10, in which you're probably needing that bye even more to get healthy. So, to answer this question, this is not a trap game for the Tennessee Titans. I think they can. I'm not going to say will. I, I, oh, I will. I will say that they will. I believe that they will take care of business and not make this a trap game. You know, you can think about this on the other side. It's a trap game if they lose, right? But we don't have, we don't have that knowledge yet. Right. I don't think this is a trap game overall because of where the buy is placed. Mm. And I think that is impactful on the other side of this game. All right. I'm going to go with a little meteorology for everybody to tell you what I think about this game. This is a trap game watch. A trap game watch because it has all the ingredients needed to be a trap game. Just like a tornado watch, the weather, the atmosphere has all the ingredients required to potentially form a tornado. But it doesn't mean a tornado is actually going to happen. It just means, hey, you need to watch out because things are kind of getting a little unstable up there in the clouds, and and you might have to do something later on. But we don't have to worry about it yet, but just be a heads up. So this is a trap watch because the commanders are a lesser team. There is something to look ahead to afterwards, like the bye week, like you said. And the reason why I do think that it doesn't matter about where the bye week is right here is because uh, I, I do I think that the Titans are so banged up that the bye week is like, oh, God, we need this bye week. That's what the Titans are thinking. But And also, another factor is that I do think it's Washington. So Washington is an NFC opponent. So it doesn't have the level of weight of AFC opponents or divisional opponents of winning this game. So it does have trap game watch written all over it. But here is what I say, Zach. This is not a trap game because the Titans are not good enough to have a trap game. 
usually trap games happen when teams are good. Like Alabama can have trap games because they are so freaking good. Georgia at Missouri last Saturday is a trap game because Missouri sucks out loud. It's at Missouri on the road ahead of one of their biggest rivals in the Auburn Tigers the next weekend. Georgia almost fell into that trap. Now they survived, but they, so the Titans are not a divisional good. opponent in Missouri <laughs> right there. But that, the SEC, I'm just saying, I'm but just college, saying. college and foot NFL is so I'm different. Just saying. You know that. But I'm you know, college, saying. you know, that's so different. So like, you're going to pick saying. and choose some things there too, but they are so different, but the Titans aren't good enough to be a trap, to have a trap game on their schedule right now. If they were three and one because they beat the Giants and the Commanders are one and three, then maybe I can get on board with it because I still think the Titans are, are good enough to acknowledge that. But they're not good enough to afford this. They've got injuries and guys that have to step up. So, and I disagree with you on this. If the Titans lose to the Commanders, it's not a trap game in retrospect. They just lost because the Titans can lose to just about anybody this year. So that's what I say. Not a trap game. If the Titans lose, it's also not a trap in retrospect. It's just the fact that the Titans lost to a team that they had a chance to lose to. But Austin, looking at you talked about the if they were three and one, they should be three and one. They should have beaten the Giants. They should have beaten the Las Vegas Raiders based on what team that they are and how they've performed this season. And they should have beaten the Colts. They should not have beaten the Bills. But Austin, they should be three and one. So sure. that's where I disagree with you. You're sitting there saying, that look, they're not as good but, as well, I don't think right, that they're as good as we maybe thought they could be. Let me because of Burks and some of the other uh, outliers, but also they should be three and one and they should be a good football team. Well, let me explain. So, let me explain, go deeper into that because the way the Titans lost to the Giants and then the way they almost lost to the Raiders and the way they almost allowed the Colts to tie it back up that tells me that the Titans are a you know, average football team, because if they were three and one, then along that way, we probably have a different thought process about what this team is. And our psyche is in a different place, but because they're two and two and they've given up three halftime leads and made every game close in the ones besides the bills game where they got blown out. That's, that's my point there is because that they, it's, it's because Here's where of I disagree with you. Here's it's where because I of what their two and two looks like and how it happened. No, they are slightly above average. The two teams we saw last night on Thursday Night Football are below average. Oh yeah, they were two and two, but they're both below average. The Titans are not. The, my whole thing with the Tennessee Titans, if you watch and listen to this show on a consistent basis, and you hear the words that come out of my mouth. I have never once said that the Titans are a terrible or a bad football team or a bad franchise. I think that they have a low ceiling. That's what I've maintained. I think Ryan Tannehill and the structure of their offense maintains that they have a low ceiling. That's why I predicted them to make the playoffs but lose their playoff game at the beginning of the season before the season actually started. The Titans have shown, I think, us that they are slightly above average. As I said, they should be 3-1. and one. And that makes them a slightly above average team. The two teams last night, below average, we've established that. The Commanders are a bad football team, right? They're not close to average. They're a bad football team. Mm -hmm. The outlier for me, I think that this does have the makings of a trap game. But the reason why it is not is because it on the other side, 
you're sitting there saying that they are injured and hurt and all of that stuff, not compared to what you went away. You went away. Not, not compared to what they're going to be in week 12. And so that's why it's too early as a buy for me to say that they're this, they need this buy. Like, I mean, who really, and I don't know who's going to get injured or hurt this game, but like, Lawan and Landry aren't walking through that door. They're they're done, right? They're, like they're going to get back. Maybe Amani Hooker from concussion protocol. I mean, I don't know. We don't know about Burks, who we'll talk about later in this show. Uh, Molden and 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 some other pieces, but they're not going to get like astronomically better and more healthy week seven. So that's why my point is the buy means less in week six than it would in week ten. And I, I think no, I mean I. I think, you know, when the schedule came out in May, everybody looked at the Titans having an early bye week and we're like, oh man, that's brutal. But now that we're here, the Titans need this bye next week. They need the reset and they need to be a reset at three and two to allow guys to get back. The injury report is lengthy for what this team is going through after just four games. And you've got guys who have missed multiple games like Bud Dupree, uh, Ola Daney, Amani Hooker, Again, the, the Monty Hooker thing, he practiced Wednesday limited. Then he backtracked in concussion protocol. Bud Dupree has a hip. Burks has the toe. Ola Daney hasn't been seen since the first half against Buffalo. And, and then you've got some other guys. And so you're, you're down a bunch of pass rushers. You're down some other playmakers. You've got to get healthy and maybe get some of these guys off of IR who started the season on IR, like Molden, McMath, uh, Rice, who is practicing all that stuff, Bud Dupree and his hip injury reaggravating after missing week three. Here's again why I think you're incorrect. They don't need a buy in week five. They are week six, excuse me. They need a buy in week 12. And the reason why is if you could actually set your own buy, they need a buy after the Cincinnati Bengals game because you're about, you're going to go through Murderer's Row, who you hadn't even gotten to, the hardest part of your schedule, and you would want it. You play Thursday night against the Packers, and then you play the Bengals. But before that, you're playing the Broncos and the Chiefs. So the bye really needs to be right before at Philadelphia, who's proven they're a good team, and Jacksonville, because they're a divisional opponent, and then you go through the rest of the season. So if you could actually pick out the bye, it ain't week six. It's week 12. And so that would be more impactful to get ready. And if you're trying to make a playoff run, that sets you up for the rest of the season. So again, I'm concentrating on the buy because that is my justification on why this particular week is not a trap game. Yeah. It sounds like your justification is that the Titans aren't good enough exactly. to call this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The Titans are not deserving to have a trap game labeled for them. Yes. I just think that they're better than the perception. I mean, they, they, they've had terrible second halves. Do not get me wrong. But what they did in the first half should tell you that they have it in, in them. Like, got <laughs> if, if, you, if we didn't know if they actually had that in them to score 24 points in, the, in two quarters, then I would say, yeah, you're absolutely correct. But... They've shown us that they can be competent at times. It, well, and the good thing is, as Lucas brings up, Zach, they have the mini by week eleven before that Bengals game after the Thursday night against the Packers. But again, you're traveling on the you're on the road for that mini by, which you know makes it a little bit less. And then you know the, the goal is to make the playoffs at this point. 
The Titans also have a mini buy going in the last week of the season. So they do have another opportunity with two Thursday night games. So they got week six full buy, week 11 mini buy, week 17 mini buy. So as long as you're playing in week 19, then you're then you're set up to be good. You just got to make it to week 19, which is the wild card round of the playoffs. So they're not good enough to be getting a trap game, but I do think trap game watch, like the atmosphere has the ingredients necessary for it to be a trap game, but the Titans are not good enough for those ingredients to fully come together. So let's, let's, uh, and we don't have to play it again, but I'll repeat what Mike Vrabel talked about yeah, yeah. the Washington commanders. I, I do want to play it again because I don't, I don't think we, we really talked enough about what he said and yeah. what it means for Sunday. Uh, but first Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau health plans. Yeah, fbhp.com slash A to Z is where you need to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan at the beginning of this year, and I'm really glad that I did. Better coverage, better service, at a better rate. I got all three of those things by switching my health plan. My previous health plan was awful, to be honest. And I didn't even kind of realize that until I shopped around and I got a quote from Farm Bureau Health Plans. I was like, wow, I was overpaying and I had worse coverage. Now I pay 20% less every single month and I have better coverage and I get free te uh, teledoc conferences when I'm sick, which I've used, unfortunately, but fortunately this year. I get a contact allowance because I've been wearing these bad boys since seventh grade. I also get free teeth cleanings. Like I get these, these perks because I switched. You should switch. I, at least get a quote. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not forcing you to do it. But I am saying, hey, I would go get a quote and see Maybe how bad your coverage is currently, maybe Farm Bureau Health Plans is better. It was for me. It's better service, better rates, better coverage right there at Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports for a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. It is Friday, which means A to Z Sports Picks presented by BetMGM with Alan Bell and Brian Edwards today at 2 o'clock to get you ready for college football and pro football over the weekend. So get geared up for that and download the app. Again, use our code ATOZ Sports for a risk-free bet up to uh, $1,000 on pro football. Visit betmgym.com for terms and conditions. 21 or old, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualifications and eligible requirements. Wars issued with knowledge of all free bets. Inside credit for bets expires seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, let's hear one more time from Mike Vrabel and really dive into like where the commanders have their strengths and how they can take advantage of the Titans. Think of their front with four first-round picks. I don't know if Young is playing, but so at least three first-round picks there. What, what do you think so, of that? I mean, Nick certainly figured it out a couple years ago with recruiting interior defensive linemen. Uh, they're fantastic. You know, Payne and Allen, sweat, length. Um, you know, I, but, I, you know, Payne and Allen, they just – they got a great instincts. They they play great with their hands. Their pad level. Um, they're they're not just two gappers. Uh, they can disrupt. They can change it up. Um, rarely out of position. Uh, rarely on the ground and and very disruptive. It'd be a huge challenge for us. Uh, sorry. I, does it help to have kind of what you've seen from Carson Wentz last season facing him? Um, and just the problems that he kind of having this year, um, obviously been sacked 17 times, just taking advantage of that. On right, and, you know, I mean, they have been sacked 17 times. They've also uh, moved the ball down the field very effectively. Um, he's done a, done a great job on third down. Um, 
you know, so his, his, his play strength in the pocket has, has allowed them to move the football downfield at times. And, you know, they, they mix it up and they'll get it in, you know, McLaurin and Samuel's hands quickly and, and allow those guys to create, but then also, you know, have the ability to, to hold on to it and move the ball down the field. Zach, what's your biggest takeaway from those two answers from Vrabel? Well, the two things, protect Ryan Tannehill and don't give up big plays in the secondary. It, that's it. That like I, that's what I heard after listening to that. Protect Ryan Tannehill. Don't give up sacks. Give him an amount of time to get it to whoever he's going to pass it to. And the problem defensively, big plays. I don't know how much Caleb Farley is going to be playing, but he can't be giving up big plays like he has in the past. And Carson Wentz, look, love him or hate him. Most people hate him. I, I don't particularly care for him. I don't think he's a good quarterback, but he is a risk taker. Like he's not shy. He's not Chad Pennington. He's not dump down Dan. Like he extends plays to throw the football down the field. Now, sometimes, you know, it goes into other players' hands that he doesn't want it to or incomplete, but protect Ryan Tannehill and defend the deep ball. Yeah, and I, I immediately thought when he when Vrabel said that about pushing the ball down the field, I flashed back to in Indianapolis Halloween uh, week Halloween last year of all the deep pass interference penalties that were called on the Titans secondary <laughs> just because Carson Wentz chunked it up in the air. It had nothing to do with Carson Wentz being a good quarterback. It was literally just a prayer and asking the striped guys uh, to bail out Carson Wentz. And it worked a few times. And I remember the stat last year with the Colts, Carson Wentz was leading the NFL by miles of defensive pass interference yards drawn uh, throughout the game. Like they basically won in San Francisco because of pass interference penalties last season. So I do think that's interesting, but I also know this. Christian Fulton was out for the Buffalo game and Stephon Diggs was like a Hall of Famer that night. But if you look at the last two games, the Titans have shut down the number one option for both teams, the Raiders and uh, the Colts. Now, other players went off like Matt Collins and uh, Mo Alley-Cox and had nice games. But Devontae Adams, five catches for 36 yards on 10 targets. That's not efficient passing game. And Michael 10 targets ten tells targets. us they were trying to get him the football. 10 targets for Devontae Adams and five for 36 he did score a touchdown on Byard, which was just a great play by Devontae Adams. And there's nothing Byard can do about that. Michael Pittman last week, three catches, 31 yards, six targets. So you're telling me that the, the best two options on the last two teams had 50% completion rate and small, tiny yards per catch, and they didn't have any big plays? I mean, I mean that's it's pretty interesting there. So, And that's with Christian Fulton playing. So McLaurin... Curtis Samuel, like there's speed out there. You know, Christian Fulton can't cover them both. So somebody's going to have a bigger game than the other. But do you allow the Mo Alley Coxes uh, and Matt Collins of the world to to gain yards because you want to shut down Devontae Adams and Michael Pittman? And like, you also have to you have to prevent what we saw in week one. Blown coverage, Sterling yeah. Shepard, seven yeah. points, stolen, back in the game. Yeah. You can't and, have and that those. was Christian Fulton giving that up too, which was right. a, which was uncharacteristic. Yeah, well, at the pass interference, I remember you complaining about that last year uh, in our post game show 
and being frustrated because that's all that is is testing the discipline of cornerbacks. It's not, and I think go go to Tiffany's comment. She goes, you know, what deep ball? LOL, right? You don't have to have a great deep ball. All you have to do is to get it to work. And it can work in a couple of different ways. And we saw that last year. You know, the Titans are familiar with Carson Wentz. They know how to get after him. They sacked him multiple times last season when they played him twice. So uh, they got to take advantage of this. But they got to come into Washington. And I think everybody would agree with that. Take care of business. Don't let them linger. When you have a 24 to 10 lead, this is the type of game, Austin, that they can really focus and hone in on improving what they do poorly. And that is second half play. You know, you can, I'm not saying it's practice, but the third and fourth quarters, now you're going up against a lesser opponent. You should be more efficient than you have the last two weeks. Yeah, for sure. A to Z sports. Remember Jahan Dotson, the, uh, Washington rookie wide receiver is out uh, with a hamstring injury. Brian keeps bringing up another rookie, Calvin Austin the third. Calvin Austin plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why Brian continues to bring him up. He made me like double check to make sure that Calvin Austin was not on the commanders, which threw me off. But Traylon Burks, what's the status of him? He has not practiced the last two days with that turf toe injury and also uh, has not been put on injury reserve yet. So, uh, I did talk to a foot and ankle specialist yesterday at the Bone and Joint Institute who gave me a potential timeline for Traylon Burks and that turf toe injury. But first, let me tell you more about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. Ronald Durr, who you're about to hear from, is a oh, just one of a dozen-plus specialists at the Bone and Joint Institute who specialize in all types of injuries because he is a foot and ankle specialist. Dr. Scott Arthur, my guy, knee, hip, a lot of different things. Shoulders, they get everybody. They have a concussion specialist. They have spine. They do everything at the Bone and Joint Institute from head to toe, literally, and they can make sure that if you have an injury to whatever part of your body, for whatever different reasons, sports or life, they can help you get back to health uh, at the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin, also having clinics in Brentwood, Thompson Station, and in Nolensville, boneandjointtn.org. Bet MGM, download the app today. They're hooking you up with a risk-free bet up to $1,000 if you are a new user. How you become a new user is you download the app today, use the promo code ATOZ Sports, and boom, you're signed up. So it's that simple. It's that easy. That's promo code ATOZ Sports. That is the king of sports books. That's Bet MGM. All right, so I talked yesterday with uh, Dr. Ronald Durr, foot and ankle specialist at the Bone and Joint Institute. The, the entire segment on our YouTube and Facebook right there for you guys to go check out. Uh, it was about 14 minutes, a lot of good information, but a potential timeline for Traylon Burks and his turf toe injury. We'll go to the clip. Yeah, there are grades. So we grade a turf toe injury, a grade one, a grade two, and a grade three, one being the mildest, three being the most severe. Grade one is where you stretch the ligaments, but you don't really tear them. Uh, two, uh, you have a little more injury and uh, some tearing of the ligaments, but the joint is still nice and stable. Uh, but just more injured. And then a grade three, uh, a lot of times you're actually tearing the ligaments completely. You could even fracture a bone. The toe could be dislocated. Uh, threes are obviously uh, really uh, severe injuries. It doesn't sound like from what we hear that Traylon had that type of injury. Uh, even a grade one may keep you out of uh, play for a week or two or three. Grade twos, maybe uh, three to six weeks, depending on how quickly they respond uh, to therapy and treatment. But uh, it sounds like his was a more mild one or two type of injury. 
That's good news, right? Because Ian Rappaport did report from the NFL Network that no surgery was needed. Uh, and Dr. Durr later on in that segment did tell me that, you know, when that ligament tears off of that bone in the foot, which sounds gruesome, uh, that that's when surgery is, is required. So, you know, maybe you could have sur- or require surgery on a grade two turf toe, but definitely a grade three. So it sounds like if you want to go with that, I would stay in the middle. I would say three or four weeks for Traylon Burks, which is interesting because they have not made a move yet. Putting him on injured reserve before the Washington game would keep him out for four games, not four weeks, four games. And so if we go back to our schedule graphic here, we can see that that would be Washington, Indianapolis, Houston, and Kansas City, which would be overall five weeks of rest for Burks. So if they think it could be a three or four week injury, maybe you can get Traylon Burks back against the Chiefs and you don't want to put him on IR yet, but they have until Saturday to make that move. So we'll be watching that uh, tomorrow afternoon. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, is that the deadline? Yeah. Because I mean, it would be dumb if the Titans waited until it was too late to count the commanders game as, as one game. Right, like you want to count. Dude, that's that. going to tell us something. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, if if they if you if they play the Commanders game and they don't put them on IR, then they lost themselves a potential week. And I think the the depth of this is we don't know what the grade is. Like we don't know sure. how severe it is. You know, they put they put them in a boot and put them on crutches after the and game again, you for precautionary go, immediate reason. Well, you go back and look at it and that's how the recovery starts. And, you know, I asked Dr. Durr about conditioning. How do you, if you're wearing a boot, how do you stay in shape? Because we know that's been a situation with Traylon Burks and his NFL wife uh, that, you know, he, he can still do things in a pool or on a stationary bike to help some of that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm really interested to see what happens over the next, 36 hours before Saturday closes to see what they do here. It's unfortunate because it is, I mean, this is a big thing that has happened in his rookie season. Uh, He's not going to be 100% healthy, probably the rest of the way. I don't want to completely count him out, but this is turf toes linger. We've, we've known this about, you know, athletes and sport and turf toe and, but you can play through it, but it's going to be tough. And, you know, Traylon Burks is learning. We saw in the first four weeks of the year that he's learning, that he is learning that you can go down and you can save your your offense a play instead of having 10 guys, you know, reset and have 11. There are different things that uh, he has kind of made some rookie mistakes on this season. He's not going to get that chance to kind of figure those out if he's if he's sidelined, and it sounds like that's what's going to happen. But you're right. Tomorrow, by the deadline, is going to be telling on where this injury is in the eyes of the Titans. Yeah, Caleb brings up a good comment on Facebook. He says, also the fact they cannot bring as many players back off IR this year may be a reason they don't because they changed that rule. Last year, you could stash players on IR for a minimum of three games and then bring back as many as you wanted. Then Titans definitely exploited that, but now it's a minimum of four games and you can only bring back eight guys off of IR and Monty Rice so far is one. Then, you know, Elijah Molden, Racing McMath, you expect those guys to be two and three. And then 
you know, who else is on IR at this point? I don't think there's a ton of guys, you know, Lawan and Landry are not coming back anytime soon. So you're not worried about them being on IR. Uh, so, you know, I still think you've got five more spots to play with. And if Birch is going to be out for four or more weeks, put him on, on IR so you can go bring up Josh Gordon as a body and not have him be just stuck on the practice. Well, then explain the Jeff or the Jeff Gordon, the Josh Gordon situation about his salary. too. Exactly. Because he's on the practice squad. You can elevate a practice squad player for a game three times and then revert them to the practice squad without having to pay them a roster salary. So maybe if Burks, it does go on IR now you've got four weeks where you probably need Josh Gordon. You've already used that practice squad elevation twice. So now you might need him for three or four games. That might be enough to sign Gordon to the actual roster uh, if Burks is stashed on IR. Without Burks on IR, you don't have that spot to play with, and Josh Gordon might just stay where he's at. You know, it's really unfortunate. The Racy McMath thing, he was building up and doing so so much better. Let's just say that. I don't want to say so well, but so much better. This training camp compared to last training camp, he had obviously single-handedly you know, overtaken Des Fitzpatrick, who was drafted higher than he, he was. And then he gets hurt and he's out for the start of the season. That Racy McMath is that threat that they do not have whatsoever. They're really, they really do need him, but they got to get him back healthy because yeah. his injury is a hip, correct? I don't remember, to be honest. I can, I can search through my emails from the Titans real quick. If I want to say it was a hip. And now you don't want to do the same thing that you did with Bud Dupree, in which you brought him back too soon and, you know. He re-injures himself in the. First we don't know uh, because when you place a player on injured reserve, uh, there's no designation of what it is <laughs> because Racy McMath never practiced during a game week. Yeah, so he, Tennessee uh, expected to place a second-year receiver Racy McMath on injured reserve with a hip injury. Okay, because the, okay, so well, he never he never had a game week practice. The Titans never had to designate an injury on it, so I guess that was a source. Uh, uh, there on that. So, <laughs> and Caleb says Dupree is glass. I don't want to say he's glass, but he's not steel. Let's just say that he's he's had his fair share of problems with staying healthy since he signed. Whether he came back too early from an ACL or he came back too early for a hip, I, he's not helping the I Titans by not playing. I no, I'm with you. I I think. Because if you look at Bud Dupree, the guy was good in Pittsburgh and didn't miss games. He was productive and he was out there. I think this is a continued ACL thing. Because, where, you know, last year he talked about the abdominal injury and that's being an overcompensation because he's powerful and explosive. So when he's not able to drive through a leg or a knee like he wants to, maybe you put more strain on your abdominal or your hip. I think it's all connected to the ACL. Well, I told you guys, and we'll talk about this here in a second, say a little prayer for the Xfinity guy. We need to say a little prayer for Harold Landry that he doesn't go to the same ACL guy that Taylor Lewan went to. Yeah, I, st I still think there's a lawsuit coming. There's From what we heard from Lewan from Bustin' with the Boys this week, I think there's something more to that. Uh, How does I, that work? So, like, you have to uh, – and now let's just set aside – there's no legal stuff. I'm just asking. Like – Obviously, going into a surgery on a professional athlete, there's liability, right? I mean, you, your, his career, his, 
you know, future revenue is in the doctor's hands. Don't you have to prove that something was done incorrectly? Because everybody is different, right? Like you have to prove that, that something was done incorrectly within the surgery to yield money from a lawsuit, right? Or are you just suing for lost wages? I, that's that's I, a good question that we need a lawyer on because I, I don't know. Well, um, we do have Hughes and Coleman. No. <laughs> so we can, we, we can, <laughs> we do have, you know, we've got the bone and joint institute for one side of things. And so, and, and Nika says, yes, medical malpractice is hard to prove. Um, and we do, and, and that has not been clarified. Like yeah, it has not been publicly announced that he, that Luan is suing anybody, but we're trying to kind of read into it a little bit. And and maybe Jameson says, I think that's what these subsequent evaluations do is prove malpractice. Uh, hey, law school, law school Ben says uh, uh, you have to prove the doctor didn't exercise the standard of care of a doctor who regularly performs a surgery. See, I look when you got we got questions, we got the chat. When the chat is big enough to support us in trivia, in law, in look, we bring in real doctors to the show because of our sponsor. But look, we were we were we had this is the best part because of Hughes and Coleman. We got lawyers now, baby. Like, and, and and Lucas just branded it for us. It's a law call. <laughs> like that sounds awesome. We've got doc talk in the law call with Hughes and Coleman. <laughs> we got we, we, we've been hilarious. We do a law call after Dupree's Walgreens scenario. <laughs> I mean, it's not out well, how of much the, uh... money can he get for stealing a man's phone in Walgreens? Hey, give me that. <laughs> a law call. Uh, I mean, I like this. I like this. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate that. And we've got toss no moss in the law call from our viewers over the last couple of uh, days. All right, Zach, before we get to good news, can we make fun of Russell Wilson, please? Yeah, and if you want to first, I thought Good Morning Football, which I don't watch because we do our show, but did you see that? Do you have the clip? No, I, I watched it this morning. but I, 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 saw, I saw Kyle Brandt call him a phony. And no, not a phony. What was it? A poser. Poser. Called him a poser. And the way Kyle Brandt backed up Russell Wilson being a poser, you got to – I agree with him. Like, Russell Wilson's actions have led him to this point. And Kyle Brandt brought up the good point of, if if you're getting paid that much money, you have to do two things. You have to be really good at football so it doesn't matter, or you've got to be a really good locker room guy. And what we've seen from Russell Wilson, he's not playing really good football. He's a really good football player. We've seen it before, but he's not playing really good football. And when you try to rah-rah guys to say, run, pass, come on, guys, call it out. You're not, you're not, you're not Josh Allen in the Bills locker room, right? Like Josh Allen is beloved. Like Aaron Rodgers, even you uh, with, with your contact, Lucas Patrick, who played yeah. for the Packers, has been notorious to say that Aaron Rodgers is beloved in that locker room. Oh, everybody's in Green Bay. The people who play for the Packers play for the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is there. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, then nobody would want to go to Green Bay. And the thing is, we just haven't seen a Green Bay without Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in over 30 years to prove that, right? And the Colts are going through their own thing. They're still paying their debts to the football gods for having Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck in back-to-back uh, situations and eras. Now they've got this trash in Matt Ryan. But 
Guys, Russell Wilson is broken. As a human being, he is malfunctioning. He is a robot who is malfunctioning. Listen to how he ended his press conference last night. He believe in him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. He's caught up in this. He can't stop saying Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> he can't. He is a malfunctioning robot. He believe in him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. The, the best thing I've seen of anybody breaking down Russell Wilson's actions since being traded to the Broncos is from Jeff Schwartz, who we usually hate on. But Jeff Schwartz nailed this. Russell Wilson is a method actor who cannot get out of the character. The movie was shot and aired three years ago, but he's still acting as that character. He is a method actor performing as a quarterback, and he can't break it. He is a malfunctioning robot of a person. He can't act normal. Nobody does that at the end of a press conference, but it's so entwined in his software that he can't not say it. Russell Wilson's broken. And let me just say this, Zach. Russell Wilson's not a great quarterback. No, he's Russell not. Wilson is not a great quarterback. He is an average quarterback. He has been a great quarterback. He still might be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But in 2022, he's not a great quarterback. He has to prove with a new team that he's a great quarterback. He's not. He's I, I was I was absolutely wrong on that. I will admit that. He's not a great quarterback. And I think one of many reasons that he is not a great quarterback, Austin, is because of what you just said. He's too caught up in something else. I mean, damn, you know, like Tom Brady's, his life is crumbling before the public's eyes and he's still efficient, right? Like you still trust Brady, even though, I mean, he's lost a couple of games recently, but like you still trust Brady to get things back on track and win games. I don't trust Russell Wilson anymore because of that clip. What are you doing, bro? Well, like, if Mike Vrabel, like, that is the antichrist of Mike Vrabel, right? Like, Mike Vrabel would never want say, like, like after his press conferences, he would never leave by saying, tighten up, tighten up every time, right? Tight nation, let's tighten up. Like, what? Like, I, I hope Russell Wilson walked away from that press conference and was like, why did, why did I do that? Give Xavier what he wants. He believed in him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. He's broken, guys. It's cannot compute. <laughs> One word to describe that, and it is cringe. I cringe at here are a couple of things that I cringe at. First of all, that that's that is eye high up there. Uh couples in public spats. So couples that are in arguments at parties that are yelling at each other or degrading one another in front of their friends or a public setting that though that is a top cringe like do not air your public laundry out here don't do it but that's comparable to what russell wilson just did oh god it's it makes i a crying on camera for your tiktok taking a selfie because 
your boyfriend just broke up with you and you're, or you, you just got a divorce. Here's another, yeah, here you go. You just got a divorce and a crying woman is on her TikTok crying about their relationship. Cringe. There's the third cringe. I could keep thinking of them, but still it's not, I, I kind of think it's not as bad. Keep believing as, in. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Broncos country. Again, it's stuck in his head. He has it's his catchphrase. It's like he gets paid a sponsorship every time he says that, right? It's like he's a NASCAR driver that has to say, you know, we had a great car thanks to DuPont this morning. And it's it's just like, what is he doing? He is a broken quarterback. He is a method actor who is stuck in a character and cannot find reality. And I hope I hope Dion is not living under a rock with this. I, I hope that this is just a sarcastic life is crumbling. What's going on with him? <laughs> because like, how do you go to work after, you know, because Tom Brady's on Twitter, right? Like he's not naive to this. He plays the social media game. He plays it very well. How do you feel when all of these things are just like all over the news feed about, you know, the divorce lawyers and all that other stuff like that, that's demoralizing. Yeah, when everybody knows you're you're the worst thing that's ever happened to you that's currently happening, I don't even know how to how to how to uh, relate to that. I don't either. Um, yeah, and then uh, another comment that I wanted to see. Um, oh, John Foster, I'm Ron Burgundy. I mean, Russell Wilson is breakdown Ron Burgundy. Like that's he's also stuck in that where everything's falling apart. All right, let's get to ain't that good news. I said earlier my tease for ain't that good news was I'm doing something on Sunday morning before Titans at Commanders for the first time in my life. And I'm really excited about it. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your perfect make and model. And that is a Hyundai. You just got to go find exactly what Hyundai that you want. It could be the Palisade, which is a full-size SUV with third-row seating. could be the Sonata, which is a four-door sedan. They've got all the bells and whistles with new vehicles. You can trade in your car to replace it, upgrade with a better vehicle that could be a Elantra or a Tucson or a Santa Fe. It could be the Ionic, which is a battery-powered vehicle. If you are in the market for a new car or a new SUV, look, you can go search however you want. You can search online or you can go test drive uh, at different dealerships. But I would suggest go to Wilson County Hyundai and at least give them a shot They've got great deals at great prices. It's a quick trip down I-40 exit 236. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Download the BetMGM app and win big this weekend for football weekend with our code ATOZ Sports. Uh, that means if you sign up with the app using our code ATOZ Sports, you get a risk-free bet on pro football up to 1000 bucks. Also, uh, A to Z Sports picks with Alan Bell, Brian Edwards coming up at 2 o'clock Central Time today on these same channels, getting you ready for college football and pro football as well. I've got my uh, parlay uh, that I'm building in college football because I got a risk-free $25 bet uh, with the BetMGM app. But let's get to good news. Ain't that good news here live on our Friday. We always wrap up our week. With good news, Brent, good news. My birthday is Monday and took off next week. Well, Brent, oh, maybe you spend uh, Monday morning on your birthday with us next week after the Titans-Commanders game. Kenneth, my good news, he's going to the Cards playoff games this afternoon. Let's go. Uh, 
Baseball playoffs start today. Yeah, because they extended them, right? They changed the With the wild. It's the wild card plan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fun. You know, I'm not a baseball person, but one game to continue, I think a lot of lot of uh, weight on that. I'll, I kind of like that. Eric says, "Good news, getting a raise at work very soon." Congratulations uh, to Eric. Uh, Jerry taking my son to a Yankees playoff game on his fall break. Go Yankees. So we got a couple baseball game, uh, playoff goers. Zach, uh, what do you see in the chat or what's your good news? Uh, let's go to Jabu. Good news. Uh, got to see Richard Sherman finally air his Super Bowl <laughs> grievance against Russell Wilson on Thursday night football. That was that, funny. That was, that was funny. He almost dropped something he shouldn't have dropped on Amazon, a combination of words that would have been very bad, but he did not. He got really close. I will say last night I watched the halftime show and Tony Gonzalez is kind of a, a goober. Like he, he kept on, I don't know if it was a joke, but like he kept on saying like dumb analogies. Like that was like Aladdin and like he just, he, he, I don't know if he was like playing a joke. This is Amazon. This ain't Disney plus. What is he doing? Yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, I did notice that if you watched that halftime show, I was like, I did not watch Gonzalez doing. Uh, John says, "Good news today is his uh, son's third uh, straight start on both sides of the ball." We talk about we're following Sean's son's football career. Sean's he, son uh, is a freak athlete. Like I remember, uh, you know, we've been doing this show for almost six, seven years, maybe. And Sean's son has been dropping like thirty points in basketball games. Now he's starting on both sides of the ball in high school. You know, Sean's got a pretty good athlete there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Chase is his son. So uh, shout out to Chase. Uh, good football player, up and comer uh, from Sean Gill. Let's see. Uh, good news. Been able to open the windows here in Florida all week after the hurricane. has felt great. No need for S- uh, AC. We know Big Ten Jeff lives down there in Florida. Uh, let's see here. Uh, ain't that good news? Ain't that good news? Kenneth says, ain't that good news of going to the car? Oh, that's kind of where you started. Yeah. I'll do my good news. Sure. And honestly, my good news, I didn't know if it was going to be good news okay. going into today. And my good news is I cracked the code. I did not have to destroy and verbally humiliate a Xfinity worker yesterday because I put together a sat- setup. Austin, I-, I need some clarity, and I hope that I've been clear. Have I had any, you know, a- a- has my internet been strong today? You have been as clear as can be. See, ain't that good news. I was hoping that this would be my good news because yesterday it did not seem to be that way. So ending the week, I will not hopefully have to walk into that God-forbidden Xfinity store with freaks everywhere. I will get to stay in the comfort of my own home. So ain't that good news, internet problem solved. There we go. I like it. Let's just hope it uh, sustains. All right, A to Z Sports. My good news, Zach, is Sunday uh, I'll be doing the Titans game day live show. That kickoff is at noon, and we'll go live at 1130 for our pregame show. But – Before that, I've got an early alarm on Sunday because my wife and I are doing a hot air balloon ride uh, for the first time in our lives. So we got this hot air balloon ride as a Christmas present last Christmas for my grandparents. And my grandfather passed in March. And so we scheduled this hot air balloon ride. We wanted to wait for the fall for crisp weather uh, because it's hot in the balloon because it's hot air. 
So we didn't want to go in the summer uh, when it was really hot and overall. And we also wanted to wait for some potential leave changing to happen because uh, where you go uh, just south of Nashville and Tennessee, a lot of really pretty landscape with rolling hills and leaves changing and some crisp fall air on Sunday morning. So hot air balloon ride. Uh, thanks to my grandparents and my grandmother. We, we went and hung out with her last Saturday. Uh, and uh, so get to do that and, and think about my grandfather and all he's done for me while we're up in that hot air balloon uh, with a little champagne toast. So never done it before. Uh, really interested to see how it goes. Um, very so cool. I, I have, I've done, done it before. It is, it is very cool. It is yeah. a cool experience. Nice. So, I did when I was younger, so yeah. I, so it means uh, a little differently. And, and Nate asked, "Am I afraid of heights?" I no. We'll, I've we'll never, find out. <laughs> I, I've never really been afraid of heights. I now this is usually when I'm hungover because I learned this in college. When I'm hungover, I don't do well with ledges, like ledges and looking like railings, like that messes me up. But when I'm sober or not hungover, I usually don't have problems. Uh, so you know, I think I'll be okay. Unless yeah, Tennessee think. waxes LSU and I'm, you know, I'm not going to be hung over for this. Cause it's uh we have to get there at six 15 in the morning. So we'll have to wake up around five. So here Drew says today is his wedding day. Hey. As a wedding gift. He'd really appreciate uh, Titans as a wedding gift. So Drew, congratulations. Um, you know, that's very exciting wedding day today. Um, a couple of good nice. news. Let's see. Aaron says, good news later today. He's going to his first Friday event and on the way to 78 days until his trip to Cancun, Mexico. So he's scheduling that out. So that's some good news. Um, let's see here. Good news from Clayton applying to become a canine officer with his department. There you go. Um, so some good news all around. Uh, and we've, we've gotten some uh, some football good news as well. So that's a good way to end a Friday heading into the weekend, October, fall, a little hot air balloon action, a little good yep. internet. That's good news. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope everybody has a great weekend. Again, A to Z Sports Picks is coming up live. They'll get you ready uh, for Commanders Titans also for the college football weekend, big college football weekend uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, that's at 2 o'clock Central Time. Also, uh, our Vols game day show, halftime and post game with Charlie Burris and Jonathan Crompton. Plus, Buck Rising, Titan Game Day morning, live from Washington Sunday morning. Uh, then our game day show, pregame show, will be live at 11.30 before kickoff. So we're not going anywhere. We got live stuff happening seven days a week these days during football season. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Everybody have a great start to your weekend, and we'll see you soon. Appreciate it as always. Adios.